sometime and I don't know exactly what's going on. So, good. Thank you. And uh, so we just need to pray for several people, if you would, please. I'm excited about today, though, and the message. So, if you would, please, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I want to begin to read in verse 18. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, said, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased, with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you will encourage us from thy word to be a testimony at all times because there's somebody watching us, somebody following after us all the time. We pray, dear God, that you will bless us now and bless your word to us. In Jesus' name we pray. I was made keenly aware this week how much our personal testimony is to other people and the influence that we have on other people. And by somebody called me and told me how much that I had been to them over the years. And I was thinking about this being Mother's Day and how much that not only mothers but fathers too have a responsibility to be very careful of what we do in our life because we influence people. And you can do one little thing for somebody and it'll touch all eternity. You think about this woman for just a minute. Here's a scene in which everything touches all eternity. Now, for instance, just a kind word. This, this lady just touched Jesus' garment and she was made whole from that very moment. But if you notice, God recorded in His Word, in His words forever. That means then her act that she did that day will touch all eternity. And I was thinking about this and thinking about just a kind word sometime to somebody that will influence them. We was at the hospital earlier this morning and the doctor, lady doctor, came in and was working on my wife. Uh, they, she asked her, was she a Christian? She said, yes, I am. My daddy was a preacher. And she said, well, what kind of preacher? She said, a Baptist preacher. <laughs> and uh, she said, do you save then? She said, I sure am. And we had a good fellowship in the Lord uh, with her doctor. Now, that's not happened once. That's happened several times. And uh, I know that 
my former doctor, uh, our family doctor, I got to lead him to the Lord in the hospital. And the only reason I'm telling you this is because I, they asked me, he was Catholic, and uh, he, his wife asked me to preach his funeral. And I never will forget, the building was packed. And as I was preaching, the fu- after I preached the funeral, I had no less than ten people come up to me afterwards and say to me, I am so glad that you took the time to show uh, the doctor how to be saved, and he asked the Lord to save him. And several of them said, I wish I had a, I had the opportunity, I wish I had to talk to him. And I, because he was ready, and all I had to do was show him how to be saved. And what I'm trying to say is sometimes just a kind word, just a, a something that you can say to somebody will touch all eternity. He's in heaven now. Amen? Now, uh, on the other hand, negative acts can touch all eternity also. For instance, a drunken father who leads his children to drunkenness and turns that child from God into the sin of the world, or a mother who plays around uh, with the world can lead her daughter wrong. Paul said in Romans 14, verse 7, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. I wouldn't take anything in the world for my little granddaughter, uh, Evelyn. Uh, when we, when I'm praying at the house, she can be in anywhere. If she hears me praying, and I say amen, she says amen. Now, she's not quite two years old yet. And I think about that. Mrs. Hardwood just showed me her little granddaughter, and man, she's growing fast. She's growing like a weed. And I think to myself, I thank God that Mrs. Harden had the influences she's had on her life. And it'll last, too. God will bless it. Now, John 6, verse 47, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me has everlasting life. This is the one act that touches all eternity. If you lead somebody to save in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's everlasting. Notice three things here very quickly. This act that this lady did shows us that this act is personal. There's no such thing as a second-hand faith. It's personal or nothing. We can wear someone else's clothes. We can wear somebody else's shoes. But we cannot possess somebody else's faith. We can live... Some in someone else's home, but we must have our own saving faith. Saving faith cannot be inherited. It can't be borrowed. It can't be bought. We can get a lot of things from other people, but not faith. Faith must be an individual thing. Every person must answer for themselves. The Bible account of Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, Stephen, Cornelius, and the jailer all answered for themselves. The question is always asked, what have you done with Christ? Have you trusted Him yourself? And that's your decision. Think about this. What tremendous things happen when by the simple act of faith we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. 
Listen to this. Number 1, John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them became, to gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So first of all, by the sinful act of receiving Christ, you become a child of God forever. Ephesians 3, verse 15. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Number two, a storehouse of provision is open unto you. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You think of this lady. I don't know. Maybe she was a pauper. Maybe she's a rich person. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. But what the Bible does say is she had an issue and all she did was touch Jesus' garment and she was made whole. And I think about people that it's unsaved. I was going somewhere yesterday down in Brandon and I've never seen a lack of homeless people in Brandon in my life as they are right now and and, and I, my heart goes out to these people and the thing that bothers me more than anything else is how did they get where they're at you think about that I mean some of them have had to live in a good home before some of them have had to have a daddy and mama they came into this world and the influence that that daddy and mama and other people have on their life must have not have meant much. Amen. And I was talking to a young man just the other day uh, about this thing. And he, I, I tried to get two young men uh, to work for me over at my place at the lake, and I seen them sitting on the front porch. I went down, drove down a little road, just about for me on the road out to, to their house, and I, they were sitting there rocking in a rocking chair. And he's about 20 years old. I said, you boys want a job? I got some work I'd like for y'all to do if you ain't doing nothing. No, we ain't working. We ain't working. We're going to sit right here. And I said, okay. So I turned around and started out the driveway to leave. And a man pulled in behind me. He said, sir, can I help you? I said, yeah. I just talked to these young men wanting them to work for me. He said, what did they say? I said, they said they didn't want to work. They're happy right where they're at. He said, that's my two boys. <laughs> oh, I mean, he must have not had much influence on them, amen? And for them to be so late, they don't even work. But I like this. When you accept Christ as your Savior, the Bible says, number two, you have a storehouse of provision for you. Did you know I've never had to beg for a job in my life? God's always provided me a job and everything that I need. Uh, This act is permanent. Think about this. John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know what I like about helping people and uh, doing something to influence them to come to my Savior, Lord Jesus Christ? Because it's permanent. It's something that can't be changed. When you lead a person to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, where it's your kids or your grandkids or the next door neighbor, I don't care who it is. If you lead them to saving faith in Christ, it's forever. By the grace of God. I'm saved by grace. And I'm saved for eternity. So, number one, salvation is a free gift. Number two, salvation establishes a relationship. 1 John 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. 
But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen? You think about that for just a minute. I'm not only saved and not going to hell, I'm going to heaven, but i got a relationship with my Savior. And we're going to walk and talk to one another one of these days. This relationship is eternal. And this salvation depends upon the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, not mine. The requirement of salvation is made plain in the Word of God. John 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I had a, a man call me just this week, talked to me just this week, and he said, uh, my son wants to know, he said, he knows he's saved, but he said he don't believe he has to go to church to be right with God. And he, can you show me a scripture in the Bible that I can give to him? And I said, yes, I can. And I turned out, I said, Hebrews, and I showed him the verse of scripture, it said, and this is a command of God. And God commanded a child of God forsake not to assemble themselves together in the house of the Lord. Amen? That's a command of God. So a Christian says, I can be just as good a Christian out of church as no. No, you can't. Not according to the Word of God. So the Word of God is requirements that's put on you. A Christian sin affects his fellowship. Uh, but not his relationship. Two words every Christian ought to get uh, familiar with. Relationship, fellowship. We're brought into the family of God when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. That's relationship. And that relationship is eternal. Uh, one our mistakes and failures affect our fellowship, but not our relationship. If we say that we have no sin, in 1 John 1, 8, through verse 2, verse 1, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, our, the, the righteous. Then the Christian is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13. In whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also after you believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. But Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Why, the Christian is saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's forever. But boy, one thing I know, I got the Holy Spirit in me. And it's one thing I don't want to do. And that's grieve the Holy Spirit. You know what that word grieve there means? It means press down. Where the Holy Spirit don't have any say so in your life. You live such a, a sinful life, although you're a Christian, that the Holy Spirit just pushed down where He don't have any influence on you. And I'd hate to be a, a child of God that the Holy Spirit is pressed down. Uh, God has promised that nothing can separate us from Him, though. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. The Bible said it is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
There is therefore no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after, not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Then Jesus promised that He would preserve this relationship. You know what I'm so glad about? Because when I got saved, it scared me to death. When I found myself sinning, and the Holy Spirit smoked me and said, You can't do that. You behave yourself. Boy, that really worried me right after I got saved. Then I got in the Bible and I began to read. I'm glad by the grace of God that I do something wrong, God don't take His hand off of me. And God doesn't take His salvation from me. Because it's eternal. And not only that, but it has nothing can separate me from the love of God. And there's no condemnation to the child of God. Uh, the act of faith is persuasive though. Now this is what I wanted to get to. I want you to watch this. One day Paul stood before Agrippa and gave him God's plan of salvation clear and plain. Then Paul said to Agrippa, Acts 26 verse 27, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then verse 26 says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Paul's life and testimony touched all uh, Agrippa's heart and almost persuaded him to come to Christ. Did you know that mine and your life touches another? That's God's way. We are, touched, we are to touch others by God's word and by our influence. My acceptance of Christ touched all eternity. It means my salvation. My acceptance of Christ means I am to touch others by showing forth Christ in me. I am to go with the gospel. Now the disciples were saved and charged to tell us to preach by preaching, and they did. Stephen was saved and charged to tell us, and he did. And his message got to Saul of Tarsus which became Paul the Apostle. You know what I get excited about? You never know who you're going to get influence. They might turn out to be a Paul. They might be, uh, turn out to be one of the greatest preachers, the greatest song leader, the greatest pianist, or the greatest choir member that ever were. You don't know who you're going to touch. But the Bible says we can and we should touch other people. Paul was saved, Acts chapter 9, verse 20, Straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. God's ordained way for the, to spread the gospel is to get one saved and then we're to go and preach to others. David B. Stewart wrote this about the young Scottish preacher, Robert Merle McShane. He left his mark, as you have done, on history's golden page. The record of his holy life has meaning for our age. Oh, give us, Lord, concrete desire to be like him, a soul on fire. Now, Calvary found the love which drew his heart away from all the emptiness of life, its glittering and sway. His life transformed would henceforth show the debt of love which he did owe. And still our Lord, our God, 
can work today if we but seek His face for mighty movements of His love, outpouring of His grace. Make shame like let our spirits weep that God would find a long lost sheep. Think about this. I want you to think about three things. Salvation is redemptive. We've been bought with a price. That's the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But salvation is transforming. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, here's what I'm trying to get at. I said in the beginning, this is Mother's Day, and I think about mothers, I think about daddies. And, you know, there's, there's something that I don't understand. I believe that your body's yours as long as it don't influence somebody else or don't do something about somebody else. And we're having this thing of great debate all across this country of aborting children. You say, preacher, what does that got to do with anything? I believe that God gives us little children. My little children, my kids, my great-grandkids, my great-grandkids are treasures to me. There's something, the gift of God to me. And you know what we ought to do? Then we ought to influence them to God in His ways. Man, I can't even begin, my mind can't even comprehend what people are talking about today of hurting a little innocent one. When I can do something with that life, I can change that life from where it might be going. I can have some influence on them and they can become something great. You think about this. I'm here because my mother didn't abort me. I thank God I have life. I thank God that my mom and daddy wasn't saved. They was... They was in another kind of religion, but I thank God I heard my mother praying and talking about the Lord, and my Bible sat on the coffee table, and it was right there before all of us. After I got saved, I got to lead both my mama and daddy to Christ Jesus. But I thought about this many times. I thank God they took us to church, us boys. And we were meaner snakes when we were little boys. But they drug us off to church and I didn't like it one bit but I heard the gospel I heard my what thrills me I'll never forget it I sat back uh, about three quarters of the way with an old man sat there and that guy could sing bass I mean they would sing I'll fly away and all these old kind of songs that they used to sing in church and that old fellow could sing such bass he'd rattle the pew I ain't no joke. He had one of the greatest bass voices. And to this day, and I only had to be six or seven years old when we was going and sitting there beside him and I'd look up at him. And I, I took the song books and I wanted to know, uh, I don't know why, but I just took the song books and while the preacher was preaching, I'd go through the song book trying to find, you know, the church of God. And then I got one of the Bibles and I went through the uh, Bible. Did you know how many times, I, I can't remember now, how many times the Church of God or Church of God is mentioned in the Bible. But it's there. Amen. And I read it just as a little boy. And the influence 
that that old preacher had and the influence my daddy and mama had has to do with everything that I am today. And I've had people say, Preacher, you have been an influence in my life. Now wait a minute. You don't take that for granted. And you don't take that lightly because somebody influenced you. Somebody down the line led you where you're at today. And I want to, I want to give you this. And I want you to think about it. Salvation is to be shared, not hoarded up or kept. Amen? We're to share it with somebody because it does make a difference in people's lives. And it's something it lasts for eternity. One old fellow we knew, he had on his boat, uh, I'm going to take it with me. And uh, my wife told him as we was riding around on his boat one day, he said, no, you're not. You're not going to take no boat with you when you die. But you know, you can't take it with you. You ever heard that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Every one of my grandkids is the age of accountability enough they understand I've got to lead them to Christ. I'm taking them with me. Amen? And, and my grandkids, my kids, every one of them can understand I want to know now because I really believe Jesus is coming soon. I really do. And I'm looking forward to it and I want to be an influence on them. And you can, be, you can be an influence in both ways. You can be a good influence on somebody, or you can be a bad influence on somebody. I remember one young lady was in my teenage department years ago, and she went to Brandon High School. And I got to lead her to the Lord. And she came to me one day and said, Preacher, I don't want to wear the clothes that my mom wants me to wear. She wanted to be a majorette in, in high school uh, and wear the short dresses up to her eyeballs and things show her, her body all over the place and, and she come to me and she said I don't want to do that no more preacher I don't want to do that and I went and talked to her mother about it and she said but I want her to have a, a, a life a future ahead of her and she's so beautiful and she can be and her mother wouldn't do it and talked her into being a majorette. And you know what? She turned out to be a very wicked young lady. Broke my heart. Somebody said, it doesn't matter. Oh, yes, it does matter. And you can teach them. And I believe this. I read a book that Dr. Howe wrote one time, Strength in Beauty. You ought to read it if you get a chance. It's talking about little girls and little boys. And it's talking about teaching a little boy to be a man. And I'll never forget a verse I come across in the Bible reading about Solomon one day. David said to his son Solomon, Be a man and do it. I'll never forget reading that the first time. Be a man. That influenced me. The Word of God, Solomon, or David, my hero in the Bible said, Be a man and do it. Whatever you're going to do. Amen? But it's also on the woman's side. You go through the Bible and you study some of the women of the Bible. They had influence on their daughters and daughter-in-laws and so on in the Bible. And they wouldn't be the Christian they became if it wasn't for them. And I believe with all my soul, you you teach your kids, 
character in them. You have influence on them. And they're watching you. Every move you make. You make a mistake, brother, and they'll let you know about it. Amen? I like my kids. You know you know what? Uh, the thing, one of the things I like about them? They can be busy if they come over to the house for Easter or they about, what well, I think I call it, County 41 of my kids, great-grandkids, great, great and their girlfriends and their boyfriends, and you get them all over the house, I got a house full. And then milling around and talking and everything, and then putting food on the table, getting ready to eat, and they stop everything. Daddy, would you ask a blessing? I wouldn't take nothing more for that. I'm glad I got influence on them. And the right kind. Amen? And you can too. And we need to take that serious. And every time I read this story of this lady, just touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was made whole. And she went away from that time. Think about this. She had eternal life from then on. She could have an influence for the Lord Jesus Christ from then on. Amen? Glad I'm saved today. I want to share this with you, <clears throat> if I could. It's in the bulletin. I asked Shelly to put one. The lady that came down and interviewed me, Diane Alexander, uh, she she wanted to know the doctrinal truths of the Word of God. And she went through, and there's a whole chapter given over, where I, she asked me some Bible questions, uh, such as abortion. Uh, she asked me uh, the deity of Christ. She asked me all kind of doctrinal questions. And she's wrote a book about it. And she's finished the book now. And you can get it on Amazon. And I'd like you to have one of them if you can order it. Spend your money, not mine. <laughs> no, but if you'll notice... The benefits of everything that she's doing is going to a missionary project that she's doing. And it's a, it's a very good book. She's got other, uh, Ronnie Booth and, and Michael is mentioned in there. Her, her, their pastor is the one that had great influence on her. It's just it's good reading and good study. It's all Scripture King James. And so uh, if you get a chance to get one, I want you to have it if you can. Father, bless us reading and studying of thy word now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.